This episode is brought to you by Blueprint Renovate Program, the program designed to create space in your firm to cultivate mindset change through what you do every day. Visit blueprinthq.com.au slash contact to start the conversation. Welcome to Conversations with Sam Dean. I'm Sam Dean and I'm excited to have you here to explore the conversations that accountants and advisors can have with their clients to cultivate business mastery. All the notes and links for the show can be found at blueprinthq.com.au slash podcast. Let's start a conversation. Well, hello everybody and welcome to the show this week. You're about to hear the first part of my interview with David Maxfield. Uh, he's the founder of Shedblog and Startup Toowoomba and the president of Canvas, co-working here in my local town of Toowoomba. Dave and I discuss so much, including looking at a very traditional model in the shed construction and flipping on his head. And there's some really interesting conversation around the startup and innovative business area, which I think is super interesting. And then we ended off talking about a bit about the future. And there was so much discussed, I thought we would actually split it into two parts as the conversation was long and juicy. So get ready and I hope you enjoy part one this trip and part two next week. Enjoy. Well, hello and welcome everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Conversations with Sam Dean. Today I am super excited to have Toowoomba entrepreneur David Maxfield with us. Um, I've known David now for quite a little while and he has a really interesting story to tell. So I'm actually going to throw it straight over to David to give you a bit of a rundown firstly on himself and then we'll deep dive into his very interesting business and then later on to his work with the startup in Toowoomba as well. Thanks, Sam. No problem. I think we've uh, known each other probably close to five years now. Oh, it's a bit longer than that. <laughs> oh, there we go. So, uh, yeah, a little bit about myself, I suppose. I've been in Toowoomba for about 10 years now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I built an online blog in the steel shed industry area, and that had me working from home. Uh, I could uh, work from anywhere, but I was working from home, and it became a little bit lonely. So I... Uh, I thought, you know, how can we change this? Uh, what I was seeing around the globe was a, a movement towards entrepreneurship. And uh, a lot of those uh, events uh, I wanted to attend, but they mm-hmm. weren't happening here in Toowoomba. In Toowoomba. And um, so I had a look at what was going on in that space, and it seemed that they were all happening around co-working spaces. And Toowoomba did not have a co-working space. And so I thought, that's something that we could do with here, so, yep. uh, a place to, to base, a place to call home for mm-hmm. entrepreneurs in Toowoomba. And then uh, if we have that, we can host, host these events that uh, support innovation and entrepreneurship, uh, which I wanted to get involved yep. with. Mm-hmm. And we could have them right here. I wouldn't have to go to Brisbane or I wouldn't have to go to Melbourne or in one case I went to one up in Cairns. But uh, we could have them right here. So uh, that's uh, that's what I set out to do. And and now today we have uh, not only my shed blog, but we have Canvas Coworking and a company called Startup Toowoomba. Fantastic. Well, I would um, love to start with shed blog because it, it, it interests me because it's such an interesting take on a very traditional style of business. And obviously, we're talking today to professional services people and accounting on this podcast mainly, 
um, but other businesses. And can you just tell us a little bit about Shed Blog and how you actually, um, what it is and the premise behind it, and then maybe a little bit about the business model itself and how you monetize that? Sure. Well, at the time when I launched it, I was uh, in Kempsey mm-hmm. on the mid-north coast, New South Wales. I had a traditional uh, reseller for the Ram Build uh, franchise, and I basically sat in one of those um, concrete units with a big roller door at the front and I'd wheel it up at the beginning of each day and, and looking for customers to come in through the door and, mm-hmm. and uh, sell them a shed. And I also had some previous experience in online selling through a previous business which saw me using eBay and the internet to mm-hmm. make additional income. Yep. And I was looking at uh, at what I was doing with my time and how could I change what I was doing to get more customers, really, mm-hmm. and to provide a better service. So one of the things that I would witness in the, uh, the steel shed industry was people always going for the cheapest shed and making mistakes as they were going through this process mm-hmm. of buying a shed, things that are easily avoidable. So I started to write a blog. Yep. About how to buy a shed, <laughs> the best way to go about that. What are the mistakes that you could make? What are the things to avoid? And what are the traps and, and tricks and, and things like that so that you could get the, the, the best shed for the best value uh, that you wouldn't find wanting in, in only a matter of years? So. Oh my goodness, with Australian um, DYIers, and I'm just thinking of my husband right now, actually, as well. That, that would be just such great information. To kind of shortcut, that must have been very early in the in the days of internet um, selling and, and online blogging. Because I mean, I know that you came here about ten years ago, so it must have been very early. So, what actually gave you the idea? So, the blog was just to give information. Yep. Um, I sh- assume the next step was then to monetize that. Well, that's right. Yeah. So uh, I uh, started creating the uh, the information, the stories, mm-hmm. the the trips and tracks to to watch out for and. And I, and I thought at the same time, how can I generate some additional income out of this? Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I'd noticed out there was that people that sell sheds like to sell sheds. Yes. I mean, it's, it's, it's a no-brainer really, isn't it? Yep. But, but what they're, they're not big on after-sales service. So when they sell a shed, they're usually competing on price and therefore they are trying to sell the person the cheapest building. Let's say so. The yep. more accessories, the more extras that you try and add to a shed to upsell a customer, the higher the price goes, and then the competitor offers them a cheaper building. They might have less stuff in it, but they just take the, the cheaper building, or they go for the biggest footprint they can get, which means less accessories, but just you know, four walls and a roof, and and a door. And within twelve months, or even within a couple of months of completing their shed, they realise that they do not have everything they need. Now, the shed dealers are the people that they bought the building off are not really that interested no. in now providing them with a couple of parts, mm. an extra door, an extra window, because mm. it's just as much hassle to them to supply that as it is to punch a button and supply a whole building. So there's a massive gap in the market. Yep. So what I provide there through the shed blog was an opportunity for people that want to repair, rebuild, extend or renovate, improve their steel building, order what they need online, have it delivered to home or site, happy to supply a window, happy to supply a door and that made it easy for them to do that. 
first place that people go when they're looking for something is they go to the internet. Where can I find this? And they find it on the Shed blog. Yeah. So did you get that idea of Shed blog just purely from that? You hadn't seen anything else overseas or online previously? For the uh, for the Shed blog uh, monetization and for the Shed blog yeah. itself, not really. I mean, there's sheddog.com co.uk, where they sort of celebrate the best garden sheds Mm -hmm. uh, in the United Kingdom. There's other people that will use content-driven websites in an attempt to drive traffic to monetize it through clickbait and things like that for sheds, Mm -hmm. but they're not. They're just regurgitating information. They're providing genuine quality assistance to people that are looking for help with their building. One of the great things that I love about the Shed blog is that the people contact us and go, I'm so glad that we found your website. It's saved us thousands of dollars. I'm so glad that you've found your website. We know we can get what we need now. You've you've helped us make the right decisions. I'm so sad that I didn't find your website (laughs) I can imagine, yes. Because... I'm I sad that we didn't find your website before. <laughs> all five of those mistakes that you said to watch out for, we yep. made, and it's costing us a bomb. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we get validation through comments like that. Just on that, I know that David's um, shedblog.com.au does, if you sign up, does have those five tips straight up as a free PDF. And I, I um, if you're going to do a shed, please jump on there and um, download it immediately. As someone who's had past experiences in shed building gone wrong, uh, it, you know, it's very useful. It certainly is. Fantastic. So one of the things we like to explore, um, I like to explore in the conversation in this podcast is actually the um, more pragmatic approach of what kind of advice you might have got when you were setting up a business like that um, from the protection compliance piece. So did you look to accountants or to advisors or did you know to look when you're starting the blog or and then building the business? Was that something that you naturally did or did was that easy to do? And and did they understand the type of business that you're going to go into? Yeah, sure, Sam. Uh, so I've always been a fairly fly-by-the-pants, by-the-seat-of-my-pants type of guy. Mm-hmm. I uh, look at uh, – I know there's a lot of stuff that I should should do, a lot of stuff that I should have done – there's stuff that I haven't done, there's stuff that I still haven't done. And that flies against a lot of the advice that I personally give people mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. I could, um, you know, I mean, I've, I've registered, uh, you know, the business name. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't taken a trademark out over it, though. Uh, I had someone challenge me on a, a trademark over it, but I engaged a quality lawyer that uh, fired a shot back over their bow. And uh, and they retreated on that. They were essentially looking to to take over the business and take over the customer database yep. that I had, but it really was uh, not uh, not viable for them to to attempt to do that. And um, so having you know access to good legal advice when situations like that arise is is good. And um, deciding whether at an early stage whether you have something that is patentable or whether you can make a trademark successfully and successfully defend. Having the capital to defend yeah. stuff is the is often the, the biggest challenge. So you can spend X amount of dollars protecting stuff, but if you don't have a big enough business that generates the degree of income that requires you to be able to uh, defend challenges, yeah. then, um, yeah, it can be 
can be a, a choice on on whether on you need time. to go that to that distance. Yeah, yeah, and I'd like to explore that a, a little bit later on when we get to the the, the more general um, sure. startup topics and the challenges to them. Yep. But from your experience, from the sort of the taxation and the, and the finance industry, if you like, sure. which is obviously my, my passion. Did you go out and get advice or did you sort of self-help on that? How, how did you approach that? Yeah, sure. So in the uh, early days of the, the shed business, when we uh, when I transferred from being a uh, what effectively amounted to a sole trader yep. that was uh, erecting sheds and working as a contractor to launching Kempsey Sheds and Carports mm-hmm. down there and and setting up as a, as a reseller for Rambill where we became a company, we certainly uh, talked to – uh, engaged our accountant down in uh, in Kempsey and uh, got some advice around that. They assisted us in in setting up the structure uh, at that particular time. Family trusts yep. were a thing, and and they helped us put that together and and set things up so that we could uh, take advantage of of those benefits at the time. Sadly, a lot of those have gone away today, but uh, yeah, we uh, we got that going uh, through through advice through through our accountant. Because it must have been for your accountants in particular, um, one of the first time. So that sorry, that was Kempsey. But w- when you yeah. came up here and you actually started the blog, had your advisors seen this style of business before, and and were they you know proactive in their advice on on what you could do with something like that? And because I mean, I assume that there was a bit of like most startups, you weren't sure if if that was going to take off or not because no one had done it before. Yeah. So um, I've got to say no. Yeah. I've I've really sort of worked on my own on on the blog yep. since then i've had uh, i've got a bookkeeper i've got accountants mm-hmm. and things like that but we haven't deeply explored yep. areas around that so far as just a just taxation minimization yep. ensuring mm-hmm. that we're we're collecting all the right data and that we're ticking the right boxes and and just uh, doing our um our, our bass on a regular basis and and taking care of yep. business that way the the shed blog there's not uh, not a lot of tricks. Yeah, uh, it's a very simple <laughs> business, but it's a it's a knowledge based business based upon the fact that uh, that I have a strong and deep knowledge and connection into the industry, so I can benefit people that way. Yeah. But as far as the the business model around yep. it, also it's unique uh-huh. to the construction industry to purely generate an income online. Yeah. Uh, as opposed to to go out lay a concrete slab, uh-huh. build a shed, yep. and uh, and collect your, your check that yeah. way this is uh this is different from the business model side of things but as a e-commerce is um there's nothing real tricky about it no there's not at all and yeah i'd like to drill down on that a little bit further when we get into the startup and and sure. some of these more innovative businesses that we might talk about in a minute so i think we'll flip into the the next stage of your career which is so intriguing um for anyone don't know my personal opinion is David and his partner Joy are the real stronghold of the innovative and startup here in this Toowoomba region. And um, I personally would like to thank them. I think that they do an absolutely fabulous job Jeez. to putting this region on the map. And I get exhausted and um, excited when I, I, I follow them on Facebook and their adventures around the world. And they certainly were integral when I first started you came out of a very traditional style business and started my own um, more innovative business. I, I actually hung out here at Coworking Canvas and it was really helpful to have people who think like them, you know, on our side. So 
I think I, I yeah I went down to the innovation conference with you, one of the the early state government ones about four or five years ago. Um, early in my I don't know what the hell's going on and <laughs> what should I do with my life time and just met some really interesting people and 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 got a great idea and I think you guys bring that um, to this region, which is so important. So super grateful for that. Cheers, no worries. That's great. It's uh it's so important in uh, as an entrepreneur to get around. Yeah. Other entrepreneurs. Yes, absolutely. And mm-hmm. to to share and feed off the energy of, of other entrepreneurs, to lift each other up. Um, you know, rising tides, as they say, lift all boats and no better way than to, to become a part of uh, Canvas Coworking or uh, other innovation hubs yeah. that are uh, scattered around Queensland. There's quite a number in the regional centres, so it doesn't matter whether you're in Rockhampton or in Bundaberg, or Cairns, or Gladstone, Townsville, Sunshine Coast, Gold Coast, Brisbane, Toowoomba. There's a uh, there's a home for you as an entrepreneur and a network to connect into. Fantastic. So getting into the world of startup, I think that what I hear and what I see is, you know, you see a lot of media and a lot of flack around the startups and the entrepreneurs, and you see the great stories. You see the unicorns sort of go from zero to, you know, to, to very, very high. A lot of them are technology-based, but a startup isn't necessarily technology-based. As someone who's got a startup business who uh, myself who's not technology-based but is new and innovative, um, sometimes we feel forgotten in the startup world, certainly by funding and, you know, all of that sort of stuff. What do you think, you know, exploring that, what do you think the biggest challenges First of all, how do you actually describe a startup? How, wh- how, what do you think about it? I think people think different things. So what do you think about startup? Sure, What sure. it means? Yeah, yeah, mm. for, for sure. So for me, a startup, I would describe as a temporary organization that is looking for a viable and sustainable business model. And effectively, once you have found a business model that is sustainable, that's making a profit, that can go on, and you start to uh, repeat that action over and over again, you're now a, a company that is an existing company. You're now doing business as such, and you're repeating that business model over and over again to continue to generate income. It sometimes can take uh, a company two, three, four, mm. five years mm-hmm. Before they really strike that, uh, we've hit it now. We know we're sustainable. We, we're now doing the same thing over and over again mm-hmm. and generating an income consistently. And, and therefore they've, they've hit their straps. They're, they've made it as a, as a company. They're not, we wouldn't class them as a startup anymore. If they were continuing to change their business model, if they were continuing to to make uh, pivots, uh, so bigger changes in what they do, change the customer or, or change the uh, how they service the customer or change the way they generate revenue, mm-hmm. then they might still be a startup. But uh, once you've locked all those down and you've found what works, then that's uh, sort of the grad- that graduation point. Wow, that's really interesting. I hadn't actually ever heard it, particularly that first part of the definition, that a temporary yeah. business. Temporary organisation. Temporary yeah. organisation, sorry. So you didn't even use the word business there. What do you think the gut feel numbers are on how many people become a temporary organisation, if you like, and never get to the yeah, sustainable? It, it genuine, really, uh, I'm going to go like 20 to 1. 20 to 1, yeah. Yeah, 20 to 1, easy. I'll, I'll see people... 
even uh, try four or five different new ideas, mm-hmm. e- even in one year. Mm-hmm. And that's that's one person or one team uh, trying four or five or more different new ideas and executing fast. Yep. So the idea behind looking for something new, something innovative, a new way of doing something is to act fast, yep. is to, uh, as they say, fail fast. Fail fast, yeah. Learn your way to success. So. And uh, and that way, uh, yeah, don't spend too much time, too much money on something that's not working. Make your pivot, change the customer, change the service, change the business model, the revenue generation model until you strike what's working. But yeah, that can that can take. I mean, you might change names ten times. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's such an interesting thing for me, particularly coming out of the um, you know more traditional style of businesses. Well, I hope you enjoyed part one of the episode and stay tuned for part two in next week's show. And as always, be brave and continue the conversation. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. To check out more information on all things Sandine and Blueprint, go to the website blueprinthq.com.au. And remember, continue the conversation and be brave. See you next time.